Hey friend, thanks so much for stopping by for some community time around the fire pit. I've got some Tennessee white oak going. I'm going to run inside and get us both a cup of joe. Well, you're listening to Quad Dot Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, you've got it, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Hey, this is Season 11, Episode 227. Title, The Lesson of Summer. Subtitle, Summer Rays and Harvest Days Compel Us to Perpetually Praise the Lord. First Chronicles 9 provides details to the repopulation of Israel by the Israelites, the priests, the Levites, and the temple servants after the Babylonian exile. They were immediately assigned to the ministry of the tent temple of God, also called the tabernacle. 212 people were chosen to be gatekeepers on the four sides at the thresholds, with the four chief gatekeepers who were Levites entrusted with the rooms and the treasuries of God's temple. The gatekeepers spent the night in the vicinity of God's temple because they had guard duty and were in charge of opening it every morning. Starting in verse 28, it says some of them were in charge of the utensils used in worship. They would count them when they brought them in and when they took them out. Others were put in charge of the furnishings and all the utensils of the sanctuary, as well as the fine flour, wine, oil, incense, and spices. Some of the priest's sons mixed the spices. A Levite called Mattathiah, the firstborn of Shalom, the Korahite, was entrusted with baking the bread. Some of the Korahites' relatives were responsible for preparing the rows of bread of the presence every Sabbath. In verse 33, here's the key. The singers, the heads of the Levite families, stayed in the temple chambers and were exempt from other tasks because they were on duty day and night. What an amazing picture of a vibrancy that surrounded the tabernacle of God. The temple singers were established to live in the temple so that the sacred songs never ceased. Singers perpetually praised the Lord, whose mercy endures forever. As mercy did not cease to rule either by day or by night, so neither did music quiet its holy ministry. As the temple sacrifices were carried out daily, there in the background were the ever-present hymns of praises to the Lord. There's a great lesson here that we should absorb into the core of our being. As constant debtors to God for His everlasting mercies, our love and gratitude should be manifested in eternal hallelujahs to Him, on earth, as the Bible says, as it is in heaven, our final dwelling place. With our mind's eye, let us see that just as the sun scatters its light around the earth, the morning sunbeams awaken grateful believers to tune their morning hymn, so that by the priesthood of the saints, perpetual praise is kept up at all hours. Think about that. Somewhere on the globe, at every moment, within every 24 hours, there is someone praising the Lord. They cover our globe in a blanket of thanksgiving. My friend, that is a cool picture of how the world really is. The Lord always deserves to be praised for what He is in Himself, for His works of creation and providence, for His goodness towards His creatures, and especially for the transcendent act of redemption and all the fabulous blessings which flow from it. It's always advantageous to praise the Lord. Let me say that again. It's always advantageous to praise the Lord. It cheers our days and it brightens our nights. It lightens the difficulties of our labors and softens our sorrows. And my friend, many of us think that our labor is hard, but someone else's labor is easy. But I want to remind you, friend, labor is hard. I don't care how much money you make or what you do for a living, there is always an aspect to labor that's hard. 
and in the midst of the difficulties of labor, we should praise the Lord. Friend, I want to ask you a question. What do you have to sing about at this moment? It should come as our first nature if we personally know and have experienced the forgiveness of all of our sin by Jesus Christ to create a song out of our present joys or our past deliverances or our future hopes. On this first day of August, here in Verdant, Tennessee, and verdant means green, luscious, luxuriant, leafy, the earth yields its summer fruits. The hay is housed, the golden grain invites the sickle, and the sun lingers long to shine upon a fruitful earth and shortens the periods of shade so that we may lengthen the hours of our devout worship. Friend, think about that. Think about the blessing that summer is and what it teaches us. It gives us more time to lengthen the hours of devout worship. What type of a world would it be if all of us took that approach to our lives and allowed summer to teach us this valuable lesson? By the love of Jesus, let us be stirred up to open up each day with a song of joy and close the day with a psalm of sanctified gladness. My friend, with a portable stereo in our pockets called the smartphone, we are without excuse. If you're not musically inclined and find it hard to have a song in your head, you now can have it in your hand. If you work in an environment where you are allowed to play background music quietly while you work or with earbuds in your ears, play songs that honor and celebrate the Lord. What a difference maker. What a way to change our attitudes and to change our hearts and to change our perspective on life as we sing a song of praise to the Lord. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.